in the building. Season 3, Episode 7 is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. That's right, it's the only murders podcast here on Post Show Recaps, where we are breaking down the Hulu series' third season, episode by episode. I'm Josh Wiggler. Today, we are talking only murders, Season 3, Episode 7, Cobro. Rob and Akiva are not here for this Season 3, Episode 7, but I am rejoined by my main Cobro, the great DJ LaBelle Klein, a.k.a. Troy, a.k.a. Roy with a T. Yeah, you know, some words, some names do start with a T, Josh. Yes. Some names do start with a T. Mm -hmm. Others start with an R. Others start with an R. Others start with an R, but also a B, but maybe an R. We're going to get into it. We'll get into all of it here as we've got a heck of an episode, I think, of Only Murders in the Building to talk about. And of course, we also have to pick up some takes from you, Troy, uh, on episode six, which you were not on the podcast for. But I know you've got a couple of thoughts on that front. But we're going to have a field day, I think. Uh, not a literal field day. It's not going to be like oh, that. Would be fun. Do you remember field day? Of course, I remember field day. It was rigged. It was rigged. Absolutely. Absolutely. In what way was it rigged? Where blue you went won to one year, red won the other year, blue won the next oh. year, red won the other, and it always happened that way. And it was just like everyone's trying to keep things fair for the little sixth grade kids who can't tell what is what. It's like no, you're cheating. It's a rigged. When system. you think of field day, what is the first activity you think of? Soccer. Like, what? Soccer. See, yeah. for me, it was the balloon toss. It was you like a mass rig a balloon soccer. toss. Yeah, it was like a mass soccer field. I also have, and this 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 goes back to uh, unathletic Troy from childhood. Uh, that was my name. Uh, is I I kind of confuse field day, which I remember is very fun. Yeah, but also with the presidential physical fitness exam, which is uh, very not fun. Sure, yeah, I. But hated it was that. out in the same field. Hated uh, that. Hated that. That's I when I understood the idea of cheating in sports. I hated that almost as much as I'm loving this third. <laughs> season of only murders in the building here uh as tasty as a half sandwich at the diner with uma and ghost bunny here troy uh we've got a big episode i think to talk about here with the much awaited cobro uh which Mm. sadly is not just like an in-universe reproduction of ben glenroy's cobro that that would have been Cool. Uh, you did uh, stick around through the credits to hear the uh, the opening theme song for Cobra, right? Oh, I might have to go back to that. It didn't stick with it's me. It's cool. No. I pulled it. I, I pulled it. I okay. got it. I can play the audio right now. This is the opening theme for Cobra. Crashing through the 
and then it becomes a G.I. Joe theme song for whatever reason. But that for whatever is reason. Uh, the opening part <laughs> of the Cobra theme song, which is very funny because they go with bra. Uh, so it's Cobra. Wow. Yeah. What a banger. What a banger, yeah. Josh. Yeah. Move over Pickwick triplets. This uh-huh. is the song that's going to be stuck in your head. Which of the Cobra commanders, uh, lieutenants did it? Uh, is the I'll question get you, bro. That I that I have here as we're talking Cobra here on the podcast. A little in joke for maybe like three people, but those three people yeah. just had a great time on the podcast. I think, so. I think two of them were us, Troy, dancing right. in, in the right. video version. Of right. this podcast that people can check out postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course, subscribe to the only murders podcast feed. When you go searching by URL, the RSS link is postshowrecaps.com slash only murders. You can also, of course, just search for only murders in the building post show recaps wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us. Hit subscribe. Leave a rating and a review. We certainly appreciate that from all of you. Thank you so much for doing so in advance. Troy, we're going to talk about Cobro, of course. Do you have any quick things that you want to say from episode six that you want to fold into the conversation or you want to say before the conversation of uh, episode seven? How do you want to do this? What do you mean by... How do you like to do this? What do you mean by fold it in? Well, we could talk about it along the way as we go through episodes. You just, you just, you just fold it in. Yeah, you just like a nice I'm, dough, like a crescent fo- roll. Like, 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 like just broken. The broken cheese gets folded yeah. into the podcast. It's like a chop. Uh, another joke for about five people yeah. out there who are big Shit's Creed fans. Uh, oh, I haven't done it. I haven't been starting oh, shit yet. Oh, that's why. Oh, maybe one every day. so often. Every so often, I find a blind spot. Maybe, for, maybe uh, one day we'll do one that Josh on Wiggler. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I could talk a little bit about a few things. I absolutely loved listening in to you and zed talking about what perfect timing to have them on the pod to talk about ghost light and everything that occurs in the theater including the security systems that are really lacking in Uh the gooseberry theater uh i think i think you're absolutely right about that one i want to comment on a couple things coming out of episode six sure we didn't quite want to acknowledge whether or not you're a murderer well um i i do not lie on this podcast. This is a I tough have start. been known to rough, kill rough a fish, start. but not through flushing. Uh-huh. So <laughs> is that considered murder? Yeah. I don't know. But still in Queens. Hmm. Interesting. Look, all I'm saying is I don't. There, there are three kinds of people to me, Josh, as we've learned. People who are alive, people who are dead, and people who are dead to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and you're accusing me on the podcast while I was gone. Yeah, in my made absence. me feel alive, but it made you dead to me for every so. Uh, look, if you're, do it to my face. Uh-huh. Okay, just just hit me right in the face. Okay, cool. Yeah, so okay, I totally cool. think that you've killed somebody. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I haven't killed Zed. They're fine. Yeah, uh, they're fine. I haven't killed Jess. Jess is okay. Yes. Just last I checked, everyone's everyone's cool. But what okay. I have killed is a theory. Uh, I've crushed a theory, uh, and we got more evidence of this today and it's something i wanted to hone in on uh last episode and this is the loretta is somehow related to them and i just before we get into the specifics of what was unveiled in uh episode seven cobro here i just want to highlight one small detail that popped back up in episode six and that i think we're gonna see some resolution on which is 
that list that has uh, that's in the book, that's got some names on it that are handwritten. And I think Oliver's operating under the theory that this was written by Loretta. Yes. But I think this is something preserved by Loretta. Yes. Because one of the names on the list is the name Lori, L-O-R-I, which could be short for Loretta. So I think it's possible that Loretta was on the comp list for that particular show for the first preview or whatever that was on that list, and that that was in fact written by Dickie. Okay. And that is being saved as a memento by, mm, we'll see later on in this podcast who she could, she could be. Okay. The one other comment I want to say from episode six, which we didn't get anything on uh, in, in this, uh, this episode, but I, I just want to put a pin in it is people were in the stage manager's office. They were in KT's office. And in particular, Howard heard strange noises. And when everyone went into KT's office and KT used the shredder, Howard stared at it for a very long period of time, almost with a look of recognition. So my question to you, Josh, and this is something we should consider maybe as we look into future episodes, is it important that someone was locked in the stage manager's office and what could they have been shredding? Mm. Aside from the theme song of Cobra. Right, right. Uh, which now I'm feeling like uh, Shredder never appeared in G.I. Joe to my recollection, but that could have been really cool. Probably in a comic book uh, yeah. at some point in time. I would be shocked if that hadn't happened in a comic book. What could somebody be shredding in the stage manager's office that could be relevant to the death of Ben Glenroy? Um, some evidence belonging to uh, or pertaining to who truly created Cobro mm -hmm. as a possibility, given some of the stuff we learned in this episode, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You got a thought? Uh, as, I, as I sit here, the best I can think of is maybe prescriptions mm. or like baking recipes for cookies. We still have the cookie theory out there. Yes, cookie theory is still we good. did see Oliver pick up and look at rat poison in kt's office which obviously you would have in any broadway theater uh your your standard rat poison so yeah sure uh you know it's i, I just still think there's a few things to be unpacked from that scene and if any of you all who are listening want to medium brain this and even step into big brain territory go back watch episode six watch the scene where the three uh podcasters howard whom i love come into kt's office in that entire interaction there i think there's we're going to come back there i think there's going to be a lot to chew on Okay, well, what a great segue because we're going to come back here on the other side of a quick commercial break. And when we do, we are going to be talking about all of those theories as they pertain to Season 3, Episode 7, Cobro. Stay tuned. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. All right, Troy, are you ready for a quick plot recap? I mean, three, only if I can hear the seven. theme song again. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Do you want me to play it again? 
I mean, just give me, give me a couple, give me a couple beats. Just okay. give me a couple. Beats. Here we go. All right, that's all you get. That's it. Just a couple beats. <laughs> just, just a couple quick ones. I can't do this to the people. They've waited too long for a quick plot recap of season three, episode seven of Only Murders in the Building. Cobro and Ben Glenroy is history, but his murderer is still at large. In this episode of Only Murders, we get half a dozen incredible cameos, friends making up, and possibly closer to discovering who killed Ben Glenroy. So let us break this down. A lonely Charles Hayden Savage joins longtime Arconian resident Uma, played by Jackie Hoffman, for lunch that she used to share with the late Bunny. He discovers that she is the one who stole the hanky off of Ben Glenroy's body. And before he can ask for it back, it turns out she has sold it for $7,000 at the upstairs Cobro silent auction held by Ben's brother Dickie. More on that in a moment. Charles realizes how lonely he is without his friends and gets increasingly jealous when Broadway star, wait for it, Matthew, Matthew Broderick Bueller lands Charles Hayden Savage's part of the constable in Death a Rattle Dazzle. Oliver is thrilled to work with Maddie B until discovering he's not just a method actor, but somebody who just thinks way too much about his role. Oliver is pushed to his breaking point and fires Matthew Broderick once he realizes that Charles also wants to be friends again. They share information regarding the hanky. They also share a couple of blue raspberry gut milks and they get over Loretta's creepy Ben Glenroy scrapbook together and decide that they both miss Mabel. They both want to come back with her. They want to go to her with a peace offering, which is this scrapbook, and they will even grovel if they must. Unfortunately, it is too late. Mabel has been spending her time away from them working on the murder case with Theo. Uh, remember Theo, Troy? It's been a minute since we've talked about Theo. So excited to have back Theo. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, after speaking with Ben's brother, Dickie, uh, Mabel realizes that not only was murder suspect Greg uh, not even in the building when Ben was killed, but Ben's brother Dickie may have had motive to kill Ben. Ben always got fame and fortune while Dickie cleaned up his messes. Indeed, it was Dickie who originally wrote, Go bro, not Ben. Mabel puts out a solo podcast clearing Greg's name and forces the detectives to reopen the case. Also, she seems to no longer be an Arconian resident. We leave this episode with a shot of Dickie crying while holding Ben's bloodied hanky. Could he be our killer? When will our trio make amends? What other famous people will be making cameos this season? Did we mention Mel Brooks is in this episode of Only Murders in the Building? I guess we're going to have to wait and find out who can top them next time on Only Murders in the Building, Troy. Holy broly. Uh, yeah. What an episode. Uh so much happened here. Like this is this is why I love podcasting about this show. Right. We have the the murder uh developing and the investigation of this. We have the interpersonal dynamics between our three co-hosts. We just have the fun of Cobro and Dickie and his role in this. We have Uma and Theo, beloved people from the origins. Like this to me, this episode is exactly what I want in Only Murders yeah, in the agreed. Building, yeah. which is we are advancing plot, we are advancing character, and we are advancing vibes 
all of this is happening in one episode and all I of this will happen again all of this will happen god i hope so uh yeah. with what three episodes left i hope we just get like all three just go 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 the re- the last three episodes here yeah totally agreed so say we all on on that front here's the thing is like very clearly the first season of only murders in the building is the best season it's a special season it starts the whole thing we're not talking three seasons deep if people didn't really hit with that uh first season of the show unless this really biffs the landing this will be my favorite season of only murders i think troy i think that it has just advanced so many of the themes that are so great about this show um who are you in your elder years? What does life look like for you? What does companionship look like for you? What does death look like uh, for the people who are maybe closer to the door than some others? Uh, and I think doing all of that with absolute absurdity, such as Matthew Broderick doing the Patter song 400 times and driving <laughs> Oliver Putnam Played by National Treasure, Martin National Short. Treasure. Uh, despite what you may read in other corners of the internet, this podcast we stand, Martin Short, uh, and just like incredible stuff. I think that this season has been marvelous, and I thought that this was a really terrific episode that definitely felt like it advanced the narrative along as far as who killed Ben Glenroy. I think some um, some suspicious people maybe looking more suspicious even. Um, among them probably dicky which i'm sure i i I think so i don't know that i got dicky as the murderer vibes necessarily from this episode but boy did we get dicky's story matters and so let me put it back to you josh and just ask you of all of these topics of all of these threads if you were to write the headline for episode seven cobro like what is the above the fold headline that screams out at you sure so i think that it depends on your priorities with only murders in the building i think that if your priority is like the preservation of the friendship of the trio if like the trio is what matters most to you then the headline is mabel has moved out of the arconia Mm. Uh, the person who has taken over uh mabel's apartment I'm not going to pay to unfuck your hernias uh, is a monster, uh, though I can't wait to learn more about this person. Uh, And Mabel has taken over only murders in the building, the podcast hashtag bloody Mabel. As far as like just the stakes of the relationships, that is by far the headline. Um, I think that there are other subheads, but as far as like the overarching thing of the episode, that is a really, really, really big deal, Troy. This, uh, you, you've exactly hit the nail on the head here, Josh. You've also brought to light that I have fallen into the trap that first year MBA students fall into, uh-huh. which is I've gotten far too task oriented on trying to solve the murder. And I've forgotten everything about process and relationship yes. here. That is the headline, right? You're is not the, playing the social game, Troy. I'm not I'm not playing the social game because to me the top headline was Dicky was adopted. Yes, that's Dickie a huge was that, adopted. So that is it. So if you prioritize the mystery, that's Dickie right. was adopted and if you're following along with this podcast, I think that that opens a couple of different a whole gates. can of cobras. Yes, yes. Uh, but you thought they were peanuts and it's cobras in there. Oh, that is like my worst fear is a big fear when I'm expecting food. Yes. Yes. So then which path do you want to go down? Because I do agree that those are two of the really biggies and both of them thread back to Mabel. Mabel Mabel makes the call to go out on her own. 
um, with support from Theo and let's more start there. importantly, let's support start from there. Pablo. Look, let's, let's start with the Bloody Mabel Trail. And, and in particular, like the core of this show is this trio. Yeah. And uh, the I had a question from someone else who said, uh, are we setting up a new trio here? Is Theo, Tobert, and Mabel supposed to be the new trio in season mm-hmm. five? And I'm like, absolutely no not no. over my dead body holding a hanky. So well, don't step into the Arconia because that could be you. <laughs> Um, look, if the show wanted to bring Theo closer into the fold, and I'm loving that he and Mabel are still really tight, that's great. Love that. Uh, give uh, give Theo the Howard treatment. Uh, mm. Bring him deeper into the center of the universe that is only murders in the building. Get Tobert the hell out of here. Yeah, we don't, need, we don't need no Tobert. the hell out of here. And I am Get him some pants first. I, I will say... This may sound counterintuitive, but I am leaving this episode while I do not feel like I'm going to get a steak dinner with Tobert's name on it. Mm. I'm more feeling like I would get that Tobert branded steak dinner than you're going to get a Dickie steak dinner uh, based on this episode. And I think that like Tobert is still a character. So we've got three episodes left this season. We have yet to have like the Dickie narrated episode. We have, we have yet to have the Tobert narrated episode. Uh, So we've got the two of them are pushing. I believe that's correct. I don't think Mm -hmm. we've had a Tobert narrated episode yet. I don't think so. Uh, And it is pushing us close. The time is running out and we're getting both of those guys. You have to imagine we're getting both of those guys. My money would be on next episode, Dickie, and then a Tobert either in the episode after, or should he be the killer in the finale? Um, But the fact that Tobert is still in the mix, still here with Bloody Mabel, is pushing the same Cinda Canning thing that Mabel Mm. wanted. I wonder now if Cinda Canning's utility on the show, Troy, was to be an untrustworthy person pitching this idea to Mabel and therefore to us, the audience, that bloody Mabel should freelance out on her own, strike away from the old farts and start her own show. And while Cindy Canning does not seem to be involved in this season of Only Murders that has now been rebranded hashtag bloody Mabel, at the very least, Tobert is producing this thing. And uh, I don't mean that, you know, I think to link the two untrustworthy parties together does not feel like a total, total reach. So it's Wait, bad so let me make sure I'm understanding this. And I think it's bad if you are Mabel connected to Tobert. So let me make sure I'm understanding this. Are you proposing that Tobert and Cindy Canning have a secret connection? I could imagine that. They're both in show business. They're both documentarians in their own right. Interesting. Well, we certainly have a similar motive, right? In that Tobert needs a story for his documentary. You know, one of my best friends is a documentarian. You spend years and years, months and months trying to find a story, trying to find something worth telling. And gosh, if he gets to like, does does a documentarian really just give up on filming? Right. The rest of the story. Like, if anything, I'd be whipping out the camera and pointing it at that murder board and try and tell about the death of Glen, of Ben Glenroy. Yeah. The fact that he hasn't done that, maybe it's just an oversight on, you know, on, on the writing. But the fact that he hasn't done that is suspicious to me. Certainly. You know what he does have is copious amounts of ongoing audio recordings uh, Mm -hmm. via Mabel and the rest of the investigation, which can be paired with all of the audio from the documentary uh, that he has filmed. Uh, So at the very least, there's that. 
more nefariously, uh, a more nefarious proposition is what if he's still filming? Well, this is what I I'm I'm wondering, right? Yeah. Is that you know, does he have someone else or something else where he's secretly in cameras? What yeah, kind of stuffed would animals be, are staring back oh, at you that would or whatever? Be so you know? skeezy. Yes. that would be that would be worse than going on uh, a surprise date with him. It right? would be uh, the like the terrifying cherry on top of that shitty Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So we've talked about the Mabel and Tobbert of it a little bit. I want to I want to touch briefly on the Mabel and Theo. Yes. Of it, and I was so delighted to have Theo back. Uh, among other reasons, uh, obviously, just a, a great performance. But he immediately delivered with introducing us to the sign for Cobro, uh-huh. uh, which is a kind of a mixture of, uh, if you watch us on the YouTube, you'll see it's a mixture of a C uh, yeah. in ASL and bro. You know, it's a little, maybe a little snake fangs up at the top. Yep. Uh, so the sign for Cobro, turns out Theo is a Cobro. Yeah, he says he's a Cobra. You know, he's in. He loves Cobro. You can take the the bro out of cobra but you can't take the no co- yep. bro he's a cobra is mm-hmm. the point yeah he's a cobra through and through and so is at, at, i don't know about as invested as mabel is in this but is connected to it and even though he hasn't been in the show this season he's still got the hot goss from the arconia right like yep. he, he knows when mabel doesn't that Dickie is doing this silent auction upstairs. Uh, so he's going to be the person who is able to lead Mabel up there. I love that they're still friends. Uh, yeah. Anytime Theo's on the show, I mean, I think Theo's first major appearance on the show, the Theo episode back from season one, I think still rightly deserves the place in the conversation of best episodes of this show. Uh, And so anytime he shows up is going to be a good time. Uh, And the fact that he and Mabel are still tight, especially at a time when Mabel is not super tight with Charles Hayden and Oliver. uh, Good to good to see. I think we're I'm over the like the Theo uh, being suspicious thing. Yeah, no. No chance, I, I would right? be shocked if Theo was somehow uh, a culprit in It'd this. It'd be disappointing. Murder. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be very disappointed. Um, I was disappointed to learn that Nathan Lane was not going to be a part of the season. Um, but if I had to choose between the two, getting more Teddy or getting more Theo, I'm gonna I'm gonna get more Theo. I mean, it's only disappointing that we didn't get any Teddy in this episode when we also got Matthew Broderick. Oh, uh, you know, like it would have been, so been great. Would have been. It would have been yeah. so good. Yeah. We did actually. If you pause, uh, uh, we did get a Teddy Demas exciting though i do mm. believe uh in the scene where we learned that uma is a klepto yes uh at one point she opens up her closet and parted between some of the presumably stolen dresses or jackets is a painting uh, a little off-kilter painting that included the face of one teddy demas so it sounds mm. like maybe uma has stolen a painting from the demas um i want to can we uh sidebar about uma quickly yeah let's, yeah. Just let's put it on a little small plate and and put it to the side here what? kind of feels like uma the self-declared de- klepto uh who doesn't trust people because people have a bad habit of leaving but things she trusts things are made to last uh and she takes things and she squirrels things away she's sort of troy i think that there is a world in which she steals a narrator spot 
here in this mm. season, unless she's a little bit more important. Um, what do you make of Uma being uh, posited as one of the narrators here uh, in this late stage of season three? Uh, great question. So let me go back to my notes while I watched this episode. Yeah. And it was, who is going to be the narrator? And yes. I will say the anticipation of that format of who's going to be the narrator has become one of my favorite things yes, of agreed. watching the show. Yes. And when it turned out to be Uma, I was delighted. My notes are all capital letters. It's Uma and she's a klepto. That is very fun for me. It's very exciting for me. Also, she's been there for so long. I wonder if we're sleeping on her, if we don't put her, I don't know about on the murder board, yeah. but if we don't fully investigate, why is it that Uma is playing such a central role this late in the season? Note, she was also one of the first people to view Ben's body. Yeah, she is a rock solid alibi. Uh, like, it's not possible for her to have pushed Ben. Ah! Ah! Sorry for screaming. Uh, but yeah, no, you come down the stairs. He fell, and then uh he's already on the elevator. That's right. And then he crashes through. It's not like he fell through the elevator instantly. That's he correct. Was on the elevator. What better way to establish through. an alibi? Yeah. Uh gosh, are we should we be taking Uma seriously as a possible murder suspect? I mean, I'm not trading in any of my picks for Uma, so that's yeah. about where I feel on this. Not that I could, but it's worth asking the question, why is she getting such... I mean, other than giving an opportunity for a great actress and yes. a, a nice little delightful return to Bunny Folger, an opportunity for her and Charles and Charles to work with someone else who isn't Joy. Yeah. Um, you the know, shade, the, though, by the way, of oh, uh, Charles Hated Savage telling Uma at your at age. At your age, Maggie Josh. Hoffman is like 15 to 20 years younger than Steve Martin, something like that. <laughs> and so when she shoots it back, that was really <laughs> wonderful. That was great. Well, we, we saw later on in the conversation around uh, Matthew Broderick, which we will get to the MB yes, of it all. Yes. Uh, but when we saw the conversation around Matthew Broderick, more was brought up about Charles Hayden Savage's age. Uh, and they did get that exactly right. Steve Martin was 41 at the filming of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is wild, wild to think about. Steve Martin has been like sort of like locked in cryostasis for as long as I've been alive, I feel like. Uh has just perpetually been the same age since I was born is what it feels like. Is it possible that Steve Martin and Paul Rudd are on this season together as a sort of like passing of yes. the torch of cryostasis? Yes, there is like this cryostasis line that includes Paul Rudd, Steve Martin, Jeff Probst, like there's Richard Alpert. There are these mm. people who have just been like frozen in amber. Uh, and I think that Steve Martin certainly is one of them, as is his co-bro, Paul Rudd. Uh, what if uh, Ben Glenroy had been frozen in cryostasis? Perhaps he wouldn't have died twice. Um, okay, so let's talk about Matthew Broderick real quick. I promise we'll get to Dickie because that's a huge headline. But as far as like what are the headlines of this episode, there's the emotional headline of the trio breaking up. There's the, okay, Dickie's adopted, let's talk about that, because that's a very big deal, possibly, of it all. But then Matthew Broderick's on the show. Yeah, that's uh, the vibes. That's the vibes headline, Troy. That is like <laughs> the thing that Only Murders does, is every year we got to have Sting, we got Amy Schumer, now we've got Matthew Broderick. Eventually, one of these people has to have killed a person. Matthew Broderick? I've had sex dreams about this moment, oh, he says. Oh, God. 
That's a quote. That's a quote. Yeah. I forgot quote. for a second. I forgot for a second about that. And then I also thought maybe you were going to go somewhere else that I shan't go. But I look, think that you know, some people are thinking about it. But that's all right. That's okay. Look, Matthew Broderick married to Sarah Jessica Parker. If we want to go down that route, there's lots of look. We're we're not going to. Okay, no, we're not going there. Let's going instead there. talk about. Uh, we've got Matthew Broderick as Matthew Broderick. Yes, and the most delightful cameo types. We have an, a heightened version of himself. I should hope. Yes, uh, and it seems to be the only of the possible Charleses who can really deliver that difficult tongue twister song. Which of the Pickwick triplets did it? But boy, does this guy come with some bag. Yeah. Matthew Broderick, as per Only Murders in the Building, is the most methody of method actors. Uh, you'd hate to think what kinds of uh, uh, raccoon or rodent detritus he would leave in Ben Glenroy's trailer if he were playing the Joker in a Suicide Squad movie, for instance. Uh, he's just got like the big Jared Leto energy about him, this version of Matthew Broderick. He needs to get his hands dirty, Troy. He needs a gun if he's going to be a constable. Can you get me a gun? He learned how to code for war games. Let's not talk about what he did to be part of election. Uh, <laughs> and then he does say to Oliver, uh, if, if I'm going to be the constable, I'm going to need a gun. And as you point out, it's just like this. Can you get me a gun? Uh, this like this like I think Matthew Broderick has aged. He has progressed. But like his voice is encased in amber. Like there is this just like insane youthful quality about his voice that has never changed. He is the voice of a 20 year old man. <laughs> Can you get me a gun? Well, this changes everything. He's from Manhattan. It's a time yeah. of roiling ethnic tension. Is this There's just a so one many quotables? Is, is Matthew Broderick part of the show now? No, this is one and done. I'm sorry to say. I'm so uh, I know it's it's devastating, but a fantastic use of a cameo here. I mean, even just the pulling in of of Matthew of MB via Clifford uh, that they were sheltering together during Sandy and there was only partial room service in the hotel but they really got through it together like I, there's just such fantastic writing around this and a delightful performance um, e even just the ending of that whole scene which I did write down the I did write down the quote go home I've had enough of your inane questions Matthew Broderick uh-huh <laughs> just <laughs> That's one of those where you write that line and you just build an entire scene around it. Yeah, yeah. And this is after uh, he has already drank some of Oliver's blue raspberry gut milk supply. Boy, gut milk, not quite top headlines, but getting a lot of cameo attention. Blue raspberry flavored gut milk is outstandingly disgusting. I have to imagine it is. Obviously not had it myself. Should we be considering, instead of the cookie theory, a blue raspberry gut milk poisoning theory? Man, that would really... I don't think Chekhov put that in the drawer. Uh, Chekhov's so, gut milk? Yeah, Chekhov's blue raspberry gut milk. Chekhov's Seriously. gut milk has been in the drawer for a very long time, but Russian I don't know about the blue raspberry for flavor. For blue raspberry yeah. gut milk. Okay, uh, we'll come back you, to that one. Did you have um, strong thoughts on the appearance of Mel Brooks in this episode, Troy? And could Mel Brooks have been responsible for the death of Ben Glenroy? I mean, I'll say yes, only if it gets more of him. Revenge against Oliver for not coming to see the producers? 
it ran for six years or four years or what was it yeah. it was never a good time it a was a long never- time it was never a good time uh hard relate never saw the producers plenty of opportunities to have done you so. have to imagine that yeah. oliver had multiple opportunities to see the producers but could not bring himself to do it because he right. knew how good it would be and then right. he could not have it yeah yeah but yeah, yeah Mel Brooks, ha- having Mel, like, this is the kind of thing I want more of in the show in season four, which is give me more. Cam- if you got to do a cameo on FaceTime for 30 seconds, I'll take it. Right. I-, I want the people in the building. Yes. I want our trio to be the center of the story. Sure. But like the ability for this show, a Hulu streamer show to pull in regular appearances from paul rudd and meryl streep not to mention this whole cast of regular players and then get people like matthew broderick and mel brooks to show up on a one-off episode jane lynch andrea martin all like this is the good place yes this is the good place this is the good place yeah yeah i mean it's only murders in the building but it's also the good place yes until we find out that it well you know we'll spoilers there, there are there are things about this show that are not the good place though josh uh at least within the world of the arconia um and i think maybe this is a good transition unless there's anything else more you have to say about uh matthew broderick yeah um well i will say this if matthew broderick had gone method and pulled out his matthew matthew broderick matthew matthew well that means something else Ah. uh methody broderick here if he'd gone Inspector Gadget mm. on the murder of Glenn uh, Ben Glenroy, uh, would he be looking at Dickie now? Would he be following the Cobro line in the sand? Uh, and and I think this is the time where we bring back in the conversation around Dickie, Dickie's parentage, sure. the origin of Cobro of it all. Yeah, I guess I have two things that I'd like to say there. One is, what do you think are the odds that Charles Hayden Savage was up for Inspector Gadget in 1999? Uh, and then the second thing I had for you is, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll talk about Dickie on the <gasps> other side of it. Stay tuned. Hey, we're back. All right, yes, yeah, so let's talk about Dickie. Any thoughts about the Inspector Gadget at all real quick? I mean, I'm now just looking to see was Steve Martin ever considered for Inspector Gadget? No, but he was the phenomenal. Pink Panther. He did the Pink Panther. That's so, you true. Know, it's, it's close enough. All right. We've put it off for a very long time. The the Dickies silent auction is a smorgasbord of murder board activity, Troy. Um, lots going on in this sequence. Um, huge shouts to Jeremy Shamos, who plays uh, Dickie here, who I keep uh, almost calling Dickie Bennett, who's a justified character. Mm. Uh, so if I slip, I apologize. I always just have Dickie Bennett on the mind, also with Jeremy. Um, so Dickie Glenroy is uh, going to sell off a bunch of Ben's stuff, uh, and he's also going to get mad at Mabel, when she comes up, uh, you know, asking questions for the podcast, uh, and Dickie says, it's just like when he was alive, everybody's just trying to milk my brother for a buck. And then he just, like, calls out to the room that the auction of all Ben's stuff is about to begin. So it's, like, this kind of balance where it's, like, both really sad and filled with anger, but also still pretty funny. Um, but a lot is going on here with Dickie, especially when Mabel and Dickie end up having more of a conversation where it comes out that he was adopted. 
that he and Ben, uh, as small children, Dickie would look out for Ben, but Dickie was always the ideas guy, and he came up with the idea for Cobro, uh, and Ben rode that wave, and Dickie had to live in the shadow of Ben, but also that Dickie was adopted. It's just sort of this throwaway line, and then we continue on. Does this not feed directly into the Witch of the Pickwit Triplets did it type of a theory? Does this not play directly into the idea that Loretta could be, maybe, involved in Dickie's younger years at some point in time? I mean, I have to think this is the odds-on favorite here, right? Like, if we were going to small brain this podcast, we'd say, but now, even at a medium brain, we have lots of evidence here. We have the connection between the Mississippi River and St. Louis High School. We have Loretta in possession of this memory book that includes not just pictures of Ben Glenroy, but only pictures that have Dickie in the background. We now have a a credible theory as to why that slip of paper of backstage passes or preview comp passes might be in someone else's handwriting. It could possibly be in Ben or in Dickie's handwriting Mm -hmm. if Loretta had some sort of relationship with one of them or ideally Dickie. And in particular, I, I like what I like about the way we've set this up is it's not some master reveal that only comes in the last episode that Dickie was adopted or that there is some sort of question around parentage here. But we've also not immediately connected the dots in the show that Loretta is necessarily, you know, let's say Dickie's birth mother, which I right. think is probably the leader in the clubhouse here. Uh, I think we've planted the seed and your person who's just watching the show, drinking their gut milk, isn't going to notice it. Yes. But for those of us who've been thinking about it, that's boy, 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 warning yeah. bells. Ding, the ding, hood ding, of the ding, cobra ding. comes up. Yes. And and we're ready to sink our fangs into this. One. Yes. Uh, so now are we are we being bitten by poisoned fangs, Troy? Are we being are we be is this uh, is this like theory venom? Is it a trick? Is it a ploy, a Ben Glenn ploy? Uh, is this like, are you saying is this bird murder 2.0? No, no, because bird murder was ridiculous. And I could just say that now. What? I'm big enough to admit it. How dare you abandon us at this time? Bird murder was ridiculous. Would have been wonderful. Would have been, been wonderful. They wonderful. even included it in the show, the but parrot the, theory. But the level of plausibility surrounding that, I think, is significantly less than the level of plausibility surrounding a Dickie Glenroy killing his brother situation, and then potentially even him having additional siblings that are involved and Laura's uh, Loretta's connection to all of that, which so- is yet to be untangled. But like. Are, are we like being like told to like look over here while we're missing like and obviously I've got skin in the game like a top or uppercut yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or sure. uppercut, you know like sure, is there sure, something sure. else that's happening here uh, or are we or am I only positing that because we're leaning in so closely and looking at this stuff and as you say the people just drinking their gut milk maybe aren't making this connection right now but it feels like a well, really big connect. Let's, you know, we, we also keep in mind we have two murders, so we get to work two theories here. So let's work yes, both yes. sides of this coin yes. first, which is, like, let's take the bait, right? And let's, like, follow this to its logical conclusion here, okay? okay. I've presented a theory that connects yeah. together Loretta and Dickie as Loretta being the birth parent of Dickie and Dickie having some sort of angst around Ben and his credit that he's getting, et cetera, et cetera. 
I would like for you now, Josh, to mm. build on that theory and explain how we get to murder. Yeah. Who is actually killing? And in a world where like Dickie's professional benefit comes from Ben's notoriety, why would Dickie versus Loretta or someone else kill related to that secret? Yeah, well, I think that this is like the the Zed positing of uh, a third Glenroy uh, and that possibly being something that we should be looking at here as far as who actually did this. And so I guess like where my head is at is the idea of three siblings, maybe not triplets necessarily, but is there a third? Is there another? Ooh. An additional Jeremy Sheamus. No, that was just the owl. We need a second bird in here. I see. Yeah, we do need another bird in here. (laughs) And is Jeremy Sheamus playing multiple people who look the same? And would that that would be a thing that would be easier? Quinn Dickey. Yeah, Quinn Dickey. Uh, This is Glenn Benroy. Uh, Is Glenn Benroy out there? And instead of it being an additional Paul Rudd, which feels like would be hard to sweep under the Paul rug, that we have somebody who looks like Dickey, identically, that is able to bob and weave inside of Ben Glenroy's life. Uh, is Are there, made... is that their names, Bob and Weave? Well, yeah, it's the two other brothers, Bob <laughs> Glenroy and Weave Glenroy, uh, who are who are a part of this. So, I I really like the idea that it's not going to end up being Dickey. And that Dickie is upset. And maybe it's a little bit of a... I won't, okay, so now I'm going to spoil So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen that. So if you haven't seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, go check that out. Come back. Here we go. Unless you're Troy, in which case you're going to get spoiled. I have no options. Right I now. do not consent, but... You could have watched it when the podcast 30 Years Greater touched on So I Married an Axe Murderer just a few weeks ago. Could it be the kind of thing where Dickie knows his sibling did it, but isn't going to cop to it because that's my sibling? Like, is it a thing where, like, he knows that, like, his secret brother killed his public brother? Something like mm. that. I, I, okay. You've, you've, you've answered the call from inside the house. You've answered the call to give me the only place the calls theory. come from over here, Troy. A theory about <laughs> no one how else this leads calling. to murder. I gotta say, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that we're introducing a third Glenroy at this moment. Yeah. It just feels like when I look back at the prior seasons and the prior murderers, they were there. They were there. We, we, we had them even, even if they were hidden in plain sight. Yeah. And so, you know, is Tobert the third is he the one hidden in plain sight? Right. I well, can't I imagine that. If if it's if Dicky has an identical sibling, then we could go back uh and you know speaking of method actors, could there be a prestige thing happening here where at certain <laughs> points Dicky Glenroy <laughs> is not Dickie Glenroy. Uh, I feel like I talked about this in episode two, the like Ben Glenroy prestige of it all. Yeah. Which is he got killed and we manifest a new Ben Glenroy. Yeah. Is is Dickie Glenroy Christian bailing this shit? Is it possible uh, that he is in plain sight because we've seen different Dickies? We didn't know that we were watching different Dickies at the time, Troy, but the Dickies were different. What if, what if, look, if we're there, like, hello, welcome to the corner of crazy. Uh, What if Dickie Glenroy is really Meryl Streep in drag (laughs) 
and she's <laughs> my that good of an actress. Yeah. Right? What if Vicky Glenroy did the voice of the whale? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that that could like I that that's now getting into bird murder territory. Probably. Well, of course it is. Yeah. But come on. I yeah. mean, this is. I guess it's. Uh, uh, look. Uh, Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. Whatever yeah, that quote is, right? Sure. But like, I'm happy to be proven wrong. If there is a twin, I think if we have a twin twist, it's more likely to be a twin bin, a Ben twin. Mm. Um, you know that might explain how you get thousands of dick pics, uh, mm. as as Dicky pointed out. Um, but I don't know. I I, I guess I I'd want to see more clues. So let's let's get gather some more data gather yes. some more data and we'll we'll reconvene we did gather the data about ben's death not exactly fitting the timeline and the narrative so clearly greg is out which we Greg's knew out. Yeah. he's out he didn't do it um so he dies at 12 26 Six. that's right even though his watch says 1206 yes which is um, great what is uma doing up so late it's a great question. It's a late time to be awake. That's a fantastic question. For, for anybody. What you was know? she doing down in the lobby? What were you doing in the lobby? What were you doing being awake at 1226? I mean, the party was happening, and I'm assuming Oliver lives nearby. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to, like, age shame and say, like, you're too old to be awake at midnight 30. I'm trying to say that I'm too old to be awake at midnight 30. <laughs> okay. Okay, Josh. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? Buckle yeah, up. I'm ready. I am going to hearken back to a Josh Wiggler special from yeah. season two. Baby, let's do which it. Which is we saw in this episode Uma and others listening to season three of Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Uma is a podcast listener. She yes. doesn't want to tell people that she's a big fan. Yes. What if she runs into ben glenroy upstairs after he leaves the party and she's like my people need a murder you were someone already wanted you dead mm. done i'm gonna chuck you down the stairs and guess what season three is on baby she just really wanted that so going back to so your bad. theory of the podcast fans did it the podcast fans did it uma is repping the podcast fans i don't hate it i don't hate it I think that Uma has to be a little bit suspicious because why was she just reinserted right now? And even like, uh, you know, she says like you guys murdered Bunny. Is there any way that this is like, why would she be helping them? I guess is the, mm, is the question. Yeah, But also, you know, Uma, like, come on, Uma's a New Yorker. Uma doesn't mean what she says, except that she means exactly what she says. We but all she also lie. doesn't mean yeah, what she says. Liars. Filthy liars. Right. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, a hot take here. Uh, Going on a lunch date or a breakfast date with Uma, far worse than going on a surprise date with Tobert. At least Tobert doesn't order lunch and dinner for himself. Uh, yeah, but it also seems like you get a free half sandwich if you go out with Uma. <laughs> Except you paid the bill. And you got there. You went to the place to uh, separately from each other, and she asked for your consent. She didn't just, like, force you into the booth with her. She padded yeah, but she the seat. she skipped you on the bill for yeah. three meals. I still think that's a little better. But it was fun to return to the yeah. pickle diet. And he's also, he's Brazos. He lives in the Arconia. He is Who's Brazos. got cash. He got the money. He only has he's got one money fish too, to but take like, care of now. You know, these two, they kind of, uh, they nooch out. Uh, they both have the money. Trying to make yeah. nooch happen, by the way, uh, on yeah. Post Show Recaps. This is a Mike Bloom original, and I've been How's taking that going? it. 
I've been taking it for a spin on a few different podcasts post down the hatch. Nobody seems to be latching onto it. Hmm. Well, uh, maybe it's time to take a page out of the Cobro book and shed some labels and uh, shed that one. Uh, What's the big uh, the big deal uh, about Dicky being the Cobro author, the author of Cobro's fate, uh, so, his Cobro's keeper? So this is let's go back to the other side of the coin. So the one side of the coin is this is the trail. These are the clues. Follow the clues. The other side of the coin is. This is a fake out, baby. This is just something else for Mabel to go chase down for an episode or two until we get the big reveal at the end. And so that's, I think, the most likely uh, reason that the Cobro IP is part of the story here. It's not that Dickie killed Ben. Yeah. It's that we are going to use that as a fake, as a placeholder motive, right, to propel the next episode or two. But like, why does that really matter, right? So let's look at the other side of the coin. If this is a fake out, who are we sleeping on? Uh-huh. Who, where's the uppercut coming yes. from? I think it is the Tabber, 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 uppercut. Uh, I mm. do. I think so. And even applying sort of the meta narrative lens, which you know I love to do, uh, is okay. It, so this would, I mean, this would be the fan did it. Uh, certainly, uh, as Tobert is going to point out to Theo in this episode that there's stuff that he's able to just like recall and it's not because Mabel told him, it's because he's listened to the podcast. So he knows the podcast. He's a podcast fan. He remembers things said on the podcast that Mabel said that she doesn't remember saying. That kind of a fan, really deep into mm. the lore of only murders in the building. So that's one thing. The other thing is as far as like what could the meta commentary be, which I'm always trying to track with the killer, is like, okay, so Tobert is here and he's actively working to disrupt the only murders in the building format. Here we are in a third season where you wonder what is the lifespan of this thing possibly look at? If we're going to continue the show, do we have to shake up the formula? Do we have to shake up the characters? This is the only way to get the podcast to continue. Steve Martin, Martin Short aren't going to be around forever, aren't going to want to act to do this thing forever. Let's kick them to the can and have Bloody Mabel take the thing on the road. And everybody watching and listening to that says, no, absolutely not. No way. No, the show is the Martins and Selena Gomez. That's the show. They, these are the Arconiacs. We are not going in a different direction. Tobert doesn't get a seat at the table. Tobert, you don't just get to walk in here and this ain't no three. table, Tobert. This ain't no table, Tobert. You don't just get to come in here and steal my show away. Uh, and so killing for that, killing for that, right? Uh, killing Ben Glenroy in order to commandeer the podcast and change it and make this the you and me show. Mabel, it's us. Bloody Mabel will produce the thing. I think Tobert's the one where, and it's not just because I got stakes in this. It's part of it. <sighs> I just want to say anyone who's not watching the YouTube video, Josh is stress dancing right now. I'm uh, gesticulating. Only... I'm gesticulating for sure. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 and it, currently, I'm upsetting. squeezing my head like I'm trying to upsetting. pop my Visually. brain like a pimple. Yeah. Um, How's that going I, for you? <laughs> I think I think if there's an uppercut, it's that. Other than that, the producers? Like, well, so, they okay. just this showed is, back up and like, did they nothing. They just showed back up. They yeah. reminded us of their presence. Clifford has uh, not only a very strong motivation in making this happen, as does his mother, but Clifford also has a really impressive box jump up on top of that. Certainly uh, does. Up on top of that furniture. So uh, Cliff's very capable of pushing someone 
down down a, a, an elevator stairwell. Uh, I also do think like the the Donna of it all could very much be he reappears. She's already moved on. She's gotten out of this like dead end of a show, and like she really needs this guy to die because yeah. she cannot yep. have her son. Like the original premise behind why they were on our potato list to start with. So I think that's still Nothing very is much in play. challenged here. that other than their absence from their veritable absence from the show, you know, but right. they're here now. And blah, absence blah, blah, blah. can be, look, I mean, we saw it from, we saw it from uh, Becky Folger, AKA Poppy, like absence can be an important tool sure. in misdirect here. Uh, also, you know, someone who's been in and out and kind of in the background here is KT, the stage manager. Mm -hmm. I don't see strong reason or motivation behind her death. She's been pretty or behind her as a murderer. She's been pretty straightforward about things. But like, certainly I'm curious about what happened in the stage manager office, as I talked about at the top of this episode. So um, there's still lots of people in play that we could very easily unfold the truth of the Dickie and Loretta and them still not be the murderers. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I would love, I got to tell you, Josh, I would love for Meryl Streep to just return and do a big reveal and suddenly just be the sinister murderer with no compassion. Like it would be awful for Oliver. It would be awful. It might yeah. even kill him. Yeah. God, that would be so good. Well, the the thing is still that uh, Oliver's um, heart monitor has to go off, and thank you for reminding all of us of that because we haven't been talking about that. And that's I thought we would get more of it. Yeah. Well, it's been placed in the drawer. The blue raspberry gut milk, thankfully, I don't think is festering in the drawer mm -hmm. alongside the heart monitor. But the heart monitor is in the drawer, and it has to go off. How it I goes think so. off, I don't know, but it has to go off. That's going off for sure. Um, would it go off because Loretta would break his heart? Something like that. Maybe. Could be. Maybe. Maybe. It could it also be that something like, explodes. Yeah. Or, but like if a, if a, if a giant 300 pound sandbag almost lands right next to you and that doesn't set off your heart monitor, I'm, I'm having a tough time. There's going to be something. And yeah, like uh, biting off your tooth into a, into a pork chop also like that would have done it for me, I think. Fighting on the Staten Island ferry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Look, I, I, maybe, maybe we just move past it, but gosh, that does feel like a it feels little like bit a of big a deal. Feels check like out's heart deal. monitor. What's yeah. Russian for heart monitor? I don't have the answer for you. Maybe, maybe it rhymes with uh, blue raspberry gut milk. It does. It probably does. So, um, lots to talk about here with this episode of Only Murders. A really great episode of a really great yeah. season. Um, Troy, do you got any final thoughts? We had a bunch of feedback, but all of it was from Matthew Broderick, and it was just too many questions. Too many, too many questions. That, that's right. Yeah, look, uh, what angle you hold your hands at, uh, the, we just can't get into Irrelevant that. Relevant to is an audio medium. Unless it's the YouTube, and then the answer is this. Yeah, it's 93 this. degrees. You hold them out like that. That's, That's right. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Uh, we got at the end of the episode that the cops are going to get back involved. So I have to imagine if I'm speculating with no foreknowledge of what might be coming next, a return of Detective Biswal, perhaps yeah. a return of our former detective friends. Uh, we, we are going to get, I have to imagine, the trio back together. We're going to get the cops back together. Yes. I think we're just going to barrel forward in a whole lot of plot, but I hope we don't leave the vibes behind as we, we go into the final episodes of this season three. 
I hope so as well. We've got three more episodes of Only Murders in the Building, season three remaining, and then we'll have a long wait until what we hope uh, certainly shall be a fourth season of the show. Uh, Sits Probe uh, is the name of the next episode. That's exciting. Murders, yes. Sits Probe. Probe. The moment when all of the music comes together, the first rehearsal with the orchestra and the singers is the Sits Probe. See, I thought the Sits Probe was something that you have to do after you turn 40. Oh, yeah. Well, at your age, yes. you would expect that. Certainly, certainly. I uh, thought a sits probe is something you do uh, on a horse uh, yeah. to try and win a patsy. <laughs> so we will do the sits probe next time on the Only Murders at the Building podcast. Make sure you are subscribed. Post show recaps only murders wherever you get your podcasts rate and review share with some friends we would certainly appreciate that if you've got the ability to do that if you want to get even more involved you can become a patron of post show recaps at patreon.com slash post show recaps spend some time with me spend some time with troy spend some time with all the great patrons of psr including the great ralphie uh patreon.com slash post show recaps watch video versions of the only murders in the building podcast at postshowrecaps.com slash youtube we would love to see you we can't you can see us though uh so mm. go to postshowrecaps.com slash youtube check out the only murders podcast on youtube plenty of other of our shows are also on youtube including the wheel of time billions winning time the walking dead daryl dixon that's the name of a show. It's what? Surprisingly pretty good. Uh, it surprises anybody that it's pretty I'll good. I'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. I mean, Why? it's no Gray's New Orleans family burn unit. But... Not yet. Not yet, though. It could ultimately, uh, at some point in time, cast be... a king cake baby in your set. And your set. All right, Troy. I could think be a walker. That's where we got to call it. Next week, to do a sits pro here on the Only Murders in the Building podcast. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.